You are listening to the You Are Techie podcast, episode number 97. Welcome to the You Are Techie podcast, where it's all about growing in your techiness so you can find the tech job of your dreams. And now your host, technology learning coach, Ellen Toomey. Hey moms, are you trying to break into tech? Are you wondering what skills you really need to get hired and how those skills can be worth $45 an hour? Not that $25 an hour you thought when you first started thinking about going back to work. If so, then the Your Techie membership is for you. Our combination of courses, coaching, and community come with the mentor support you need to keep moving forward into your tech career. It's like no other membership available. We have the exact skills employers are looking for. You'll learn how to maximize your income with portfolio-ready skills that hiring managers are seeking, not to mention the steps you can skip so you don't find yourself down that endless tech learning rabbit hole. Join me as we walk you step-by-step through the getting hired process in tech. Sign up at youartechie.com. That's Y-O-U-A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y.com. I can't wait to see you in our membership. Welcome to the podcast. Today, we're discussing what hiring managers want. But to kick off this topic, I want to talk about the market, the job market. It is a market, even if that's not how you immediately think about your job search. Just like the stock market or the real estate market, it has its ups and downs. And in real estate, we have seller's market and we have a buyer's market. It's not something that's true in every single case, in every single place, but it's generally true. And that's why we call it the market. So today's real estate market, for example, is a seller's market. We could all sell our homes for a much higher price than we could have two years ago. And it's helpful to know the job market trends as well. And in case you're wondering, the job market is an employee's market. To be specific, that means that we have more job opportunities than we have job applicants. Some of you are out there like, that is not what I'm seeing. But if you've been invited to a lot more interviews lately, that is likely one factor. Here's what I mean. When I Google job search, the top three stories that I see are job market, hiring trends, expect boomerangs amid a labor shortage. Tight labor market, supply constraint points to persistent inflation, and record number of workers are quitting their jobs empowered by new leverage. Now, I can't believe everything you read on the internet, but these stories are telling, and in case you're wondering, they're by credible sources. So what does this mean for you? I want you to understand this as an important piece of knowledge from which to approach your job search. Not so you can hold it against employers, but so you can understand the problems they are facing. They're trying to hire for a role, yes, but they also want you to stay. They want to retain you, and that's a selling feature. Hey, I can help you out now, and I'm willing to commit to you for the long haul. I think a lot of my students and listeners are underestimating the value they bring. Are you willing to commit to a company? Are you willing to work hard now and stay with the organization? That's an attractive feature for a hiring manager. So hiring managers 
want you to come in and be helpful. Let's take a look at the situation from the hiring manager's perspective. Listen, she's tired. She's worn out and in need of help. How do I know? Because she can't fill her job roles because it's an employee's market. So can you help her immediately? If so, you can be a valuable asset. Now, I know this sounds cheesy, but I can't help but think of JFK's famous quote. Ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. So what can you do for this organization? Specifically, what can you do for this hiring manager? In what ways can you come in and add immediate value, help, or support? Now, if your brain just went to all the things you cannot do yet, well, I've only done a few prototypes. My GitHub repo is not really that big. I can't do everything they need. No one can do everything. And those unhelpful thoughts are standing between you and your dream job. Let me ask you that question again. How can you immediately add value to the hiring manager's life? How else? How else? Your technical skills are not going to be the thing to lead with here because you're new. Your ability to quickly learn, to listen, and support. What about your unique strengths? What can you bring to the table that is so helpful? Also, a student of mine recently brought up how, as moms, many of us have amazing project management skills. This is extremely helpful even if you're not a project manager. It's helpful because you'll know how to ask for priorities. You'll remember to remind the team when priorities seem confusing. You'll know how to clarify, assign, define tasks. All of these skills are helpful to get projects moving along, which tend to slow down when you don't have the resources that you need. So maybe you're an empathetic listener who can help the hiring manager parse out important tasks or communicate with the team. Some of you are more mature, and that's not a euphemism for age, for old. We're all very, very young. But you are more mature, so you can handle and listen and handle more than maybe someone with less experience. I'm sure you can handle more than I could when I was 22. Maybe you can bring calm or joy to an overworked team who desperately needs some relief, comic or otherwise. These are soft skills, and they're very, very important. Many times a team member is let go because they just cannot work with others. I wanted to just give you some perspective on what the hiring market looks like from the perspective of those who are doing the hiring and what it looks like in today's market in 2021. So I'll link to it in the show notes, but there's a Fast Company article that quotes Amy Glazer. She's the senior vice president at ADECO USA, which is a recruitment and workforce solutions provider. And she has a number of interesting points. Um, The article points to a lot of things, how it was then and how it is now. The one I want to bring your attention to is then job titles and degrees, now transferable skills. And here's what Glazer says about that. In the new world, those things are not important, the degrees and titles, she means. What's important are the skills that you have. Are they transferable? You can learn to do the tasks related to many jobs, but it's harder to teach people to be adaptable, adapt to a problem-solving mindset, and collaborate with others. And then check out, so that's a super interesting article. And then 
I'll link to this other one from Top Resume. And the first four attributes that they say hiring managers are looking for and are the most important skills in 2021 to be a top candidate. The first one, continuous learning. So those of my students in the membership, you are continuing your learning and you're proving that skill and that's transferable. So I know that to a certain point, it just feels like this is just what we do. We, we just take a course or we're just in a membership, but you're doing work when other people are binging on Netflix. You're putting time into your prototype while other people are in the social media rabbit hole. You are writing a line of code and instead of, you know, whatever, hanging out with friends. Don't underestimate the effort that you're putting in. That is proof that you are a continuous learner. And in today's market, that's number one. Top resume this article is saying number one. You will be hard pressed to find someone who doesn't find continuous learning extremely valuable. But let me just go over the actually top resume actually links to 13 skills. Let me just go over the top four and tell me if you are not someone who has these top four, because I know a lot of you do. Continuous learning, number one, time management, number two. Okay, number three, this is a big one, decision making. So, so important decision making. We talk about this all the time on the podcast. You are valuable. You are thoughtful. You have a right to make decisions. And the more that you make those decisions, the more valuable you're going to be to the marketplace. Number four, I found when I just casually survey my students and one of the top five attributes they are looking for in a workplace setting is collaboration. And that's what number four is here in the top resume. So my students are looking for uh, flexibility at work. They're they're looking for a high but reasonable salary. They're looking for meaningful work to do something interesting. And they're looking for collaboration. And the fifth thing is sometimes they're looking for uh, management, depending on the person. But collaboration is really interesting because there's so much work. It's very hard to get work done, especially remotely, without some type of collaboration. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to be talking to people constantly, but you have to be communicating with them, whether that's verbally, through diagrams, to-dos, messaging systems, Slack, whatever it is, you have to be using collaboration to get work done. And so think about those things. Are you doing those? Are you continuously learning? Do you practice time management? Do you make decisions? Do you collaborate to get work done? If you're doing those things, whether it's in a current work context or not, those are awesome transferable skills back to what Amy Glazer was saying, that you can take into your interview and serve up to a hiring manager in a way that where you can confidently say, hey, I have some things that you're going to find really valuable. And those are what they are. I'm going to talk about hard skills next because I know they're vital, this picture. But I want you to understand that much of what is considered hard in tech is the way someone else designed it. And I don't just mean design the software, but design the system, design the programming language. Much of what is hard in interviews is when the interviewer thinks that everyone should have learned things the way their company does it. And if they don't, they're somehow not as up to par with their skills. I can tell you that what many of you perceive 
as your lack of knowledge is someone else's inability to see the bigger picture, to see how your skills can be applied in their situation. So I want to encourage you to manage your way up the interview process. Ask to speak to someone who has a bigger picture view of the organization. And I understand that going directly to the CEO in most cases is not a great strategy. But what about the CTO or the product manager? What about connecting with them about how eager you are to come to their organization and to stay? How you know you have some holes in your skills, but your ability to learn and your soft skills more than make up for that. Try it out. I think you'll see just how useful you can be. Now, hard skills are important too. Anyone in my membership will tell you we don't stray from the hard topics in tech. The information you hear me providing assumes one very important aspect that you're building your technical capabilities every day. Every day, in at least one small way, you're making progress with your assets for your portfolio. So with that in mind, I want to talk about some other aspects of your hard skills. The first thing is you are unlikely to have the exact hard skills they need. You may know programming, but you don't know how they do it. You may know UX design, but you don't know how their current system works. And that can be a positive or a negative. You can bring in new ideas. Maybe there's a more efficient way to do it. I know one of my my second job, I eliminated the job. They were doing it one way, writing VB macros in Excel. I didn't know VB macros, but I knew C++ programming and I knew that was harder. So I went in and I evaluated it and I said, this is not necessary. Look, we can automate it this way. And I just eliminated the job. I didn't have the exact skills. No one was saying, you don't know VBA, so we can't hire you. (laughs) They could see that C++ was harder. So I didn't have an exact skill match, but I actually benefited that organization even more so because I eliminated that job by automating it with the skills that I did have. So You likely can't come in and just do the job on day one because the organization is going to have skills and processes in place. But what you can do on day one, you can listen and learn those quickly and check everything before you ask questions. In fact, asking only extremely high value questions is an important part of getting the hard skills right. So important, in fact, that I created a freebie on this topic. It's called Answer Your Own Tech Question. You can snag that freebie at yourtechie.com slash answer. By doing this, you'll come off as a pro even when you're a newbie. You'll be someone who is self-sufficient and asks high-value questions. Now, it doesn't mean that you never ask questions or that you're afraid to ask questions. No, if you use my freebie, you'll have the filter to know when you're asking a high value question, and when you're asking something that you should already know or be able to find the answer to. And that's a really big point is that if you can find out the answer on your own, then you're crushing it. You're doing what you need to do. And the more you can do that and the more your organization empowers you to do that, the more you can be helpful using your hard skills quickly on day one, hopefully. 
So by doing this, you're going to come off as a pro, even if you're a newbie. And this is important because you want to be the type of employee that a hiring manager wants, as well as the type of an employee who truly adds value to the organization. In case you aren't catching why that's so important outside of, of course, contributing successfully to society, it means you earn the big bucks. That's what happens when you add value. You will learn their system. But what do you already know and how can that be valuable to the hiring manager's life today? This brings me to the last two points about what hiring managers want. It's culture and confidence. They want someone who fits their culture. And the good news is you want that same thing. By knowing yourself and knowing yourself well, you're going to know what type of culture you fit into. Sometimes I'll hear my students saying, I don't care, I'll take any job. But you won't. Or you might take it, but you won't stay there or you'll be unhappy. And so will your employer. Nobody wants that. So take the time to develop a relationship with yourself. If this business owning mama five can find 10 minutes to journal every day, I know you can do that too. It's vitally important for you and it will help you when you review the mission of an organization that you're interviewing with to see if there's alignment. You'll actually know what you're looking for. And by getting over that cultural hurdle, then you'll understand where you can stay for a very long time and have a very great career, even as you learn new things and change. Finally, confidence. Throughout this episode, I've been laying the foundation for how you can have confidence when it comes to what hiring managers want. Practice showing up for yourself this way, and you'll have the confidence nailed Focus on the things you can control, like preparing and showing up every day, and the rest will take care of itself. It's in the preparation and execution of today that we become the confident person of tomorrow. Thank you very much for joining me. I'll see you next time. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to sign up for the UR Techie email list. Imagine being in the tech job of your dreams. Join me to get the strategies, training, and never-ending support to get hired. Sign up at youartechie.com. That's Y-O-U-A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y.com. I'll see you next time.